man, is that the Rock News Weekly podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week, May 3rd, 2021, Season 3, Episode 17. Chris here inside the garage. We got Charles once again. What's going on, man? Ain't nothing to it but to do it, Chris. And our good friend Sergio joining us. What's up, Serge? Yeah, what's up? And we got lots of things to talk about this week, guys. Lots of rock news. Let's get to it. England's Download Festival announcing its official lineup. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Trent Reznor uh, just got an award recently at the, uh, what was it, the Grammys, the Oscars? We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. They're working on a new album was the big announcement, so uh, that was pretty cool. David Gilmore and Kirk Hammett lending new recordings to the newly announced Peter Green Deluxe audiobook. Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac, we'll talk about that. KISS announcing their performance at the Tribeca Film Festival next month. Apple introduces city-specific music charts. What's that all about? Plus, this week in Music History Trivia, Weekly WTF and more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com, however you want to listen. Also, give us a like and a follow on our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. All the same tag. So let's kick it off with some tour news this week. Wait, no Vicky Cornell? What's, what's I know, on? right? I, I was saying that last week. I think it's the oh second straight God. week we haven't had any Soundgarden and Vicky Cornell news. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, we don't get any more of that. A uh, bunch of nonsense and drama, man. Just knock unfortunate off. dragging Soundgarden through the mud. So anyway, let's get to it. Some uh, festival news here. This isn't happening this year, guys, but it's happening next year. Uh, they announced the lineup for England's Download Festival which includes Deftones, Korn, and Megadeth among the 70 acts already on there. Kiss, Iron Maiden, Biffy Clyro. Check out some of these artists here on the lineup. We got Pretty Reckless there, Rise Against, uh, Steel Panther, Skillet, Daughtry Bush, Aaron Jones of Mice and Men. A lot of of bands on here. It's basically... It's yeah. basically all rock bands there. I could smell the beer sweat clipping <laughs> <laughs> off the screen right now. So this is one of uh, England's biggest rock festivals. It's called Download Festival, and it's happening June 10th through the 12th in 2022. So this cool. is all happening next year for everybody in the UK. It looks like a pretty awesome lineup, though. If, I mean, it's basically all the bands you'd want to see in the rock world there uh, in the UK so it looks pretty cool for them there's a band name uh, uh, amongst all these bands called Dying Fetus Dying Fetus how much you want to bet that's a a jazz band (laughs) or or what's considered a jazz band in like a Norwegian or Norwegian band uh, jazz band those are some old school 80s like super grindcore thrash dudes oh yeah yeah Dying (laughs) Fetus they're they're one of those ones that like Tipper Gore wanted to censor. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, shit like that, right? Um, all right, so let's get to some more news. Uh, Miles Kennedy hitting the road in June. Looks like mostly East Coast dates. Kicking off Kansas City June 23rd. If you guys are in those areas, in looks like Nebraska, Illinois, Wisconsin, you want to see Miles Kennedy? Check that out. Hmm. His new album is coming out on May 14th. So there you go. There, uh, Seven Dust also on the on the road, but it's all nope. East Coast dates. Looks like Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Houston. Uh, they're going to wrap up in Arkansas July 24th. So if you guys want to see Seven Dust, 
18 city tour. Okay. So yeah, and seven does get out to them dates though. That's, yeah. that's good. Everything's opening up. It is, and that's uh, that's the thing is that we're seeing these are the first some of the first big kind of tours. They're not really big, but you know. Uh, big bands, I guess, uh, trying to hit the road in whatever shape they can. So mm-hmm. they're getting out there. Pretty Reckless, though, on the other hand, announced they're not touring in 2021. Oh, we don't get to see boobs, I guess. Uh, Taylor or... Taylor Momsen says no way. Uh, the band wrote on their Instagram <laughs> page, after much thought, very uh, c- careful consideration, blah, 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 not going to happen. So basically, you guys not going to be seen Pretty Reckless. Uh, I think they were on a couple festival lineups, so that's going to be interesting. They're going to drop out. They're going to have to get a replacement for them. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We, we were talking about the Pretty Reckless a, a couple of weeks ago, Sergio, and we, we were like, uh, you know, if you ever watch any video from the Pretty Reckless, like it's like maybe, um, you know, 20% like people rocking, like or even her bandmates. <laughs> like maybe all 5%. sexuality and side yeah. boob. And the rest of it's just Taylor Momsen with like, you know, nipple cozies. And flashing like and se- like very very sexual poses. It's a sad thing, you know, with a lot of those female <laughs> rockers yeah. that they kind of resort to that shit. I wish they wouldn't. You know, I have yeah. a lot of respect for the female rock artists that don't do that kind of route. You know, she has a good voice too. Yeah, yeah she, she does. Have to rely on that sexuality. She does. So you know, Taylor, I know you can do it. You, but, you're you know, a good person. You know, on on the on the opposite side of that, also, I guess, uh, Mrs. Mo- Miss Momsen. Um, you you keep doing you, you know you <laughs> right yeah. You, if if she's what, happy yep. with it, then hey, right, who yep. are we to judge, right? Exactly. All right, check this out, guys. This is interesting. Apple Music introducing city-specific music charts now. Uh, Apple Music has launched daily charts that are specific to more than 100 cities around the world, and it'll have the top 25 songs on each chart based on the number of plays in that particular city. Hmm. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? I mean, that's hmm. going to be a lot of people are saying that's a lot more hmm. accurate than the Billboard chart, which does it on a more national scale. Yeah. This seems a lot more kind of, hey, these are the numbers. These are what these for that city, are though, to to that in that area code. Yeah, zip code. I mean, whatever I, I, you're registered. I under. mean, it's, it, I mean, I want to be more nationally than just my city. Obviously, city, you're going to get that. Favoritism. Well, and look, like we're not going to be on there. We're not going to say what city we're from, but it's a small city, and they're talking like New York, L.A., Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, this isn't representative, truly, of yeah. people and what they're listening to. But oh, at yeah. the same time, they're really shaking things up in the charts by doing this. Oh like, yeah, for sure. In the music it's, industry yeah. world, this is kind of a big deal where. Apple Music is launching their own charts, basically. Which is going to make it go nationally, actually. Oh. City is going to gonna yeah. blow up. Oh, yeah. Big time. Look, Miami. You know what Miami's is going to be? There's Miami. There's a Miami on it. It's just going to be Pitbull. Oh, that's it. <laughs> just Pitbull. He's going to be number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on the charts in <laughs> All <Pitbull>. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good shit. No, I mean, that's that's really interesting. I'm, I, I have, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, how, how the fuck is this going to work? I don't know, and, uh, I and just, we'll we'll have to see in the know. coming weeks and months like how the industry reacts to to those yeah. charts and how people react to them. So we'll see. Um, so this is what I was talking about in the beginning about Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. They're apparently going to be working on a new album. Check this out. He won the best original score at the Oscars. So excuse me, it wasn't the Grammys. Obviously, that was in January. Oscars was on Sunday night, yeah. right? Trent Reznor has revealed that Nine Inch Nails is working on a new album immediately. Backstage, a journalist asked how he and Atticus Ross separate their work from the band, scoring films. Uh, Reznor said, uh, quote, 
10 years ago when we did the social network first film that we worked on it was such a great experience we just came out of it inspired and re-energized and it was working on a medium we hadn't done before and learned so much yeah that we felt like hey let's do a nine inch nails record let's go on tour and what we've tried to do since then is break it up where we do some rock music come back do some film work we've just done three pretty big films in watchmen mank and soul in a row so we should be on tour, but oh, Kofi prevented right. that. We're planning on working on Nine Inch Nails material as soon as probably tomorrow. I forgot course. they did a Watchmen. You know, uh, Trent Reznor actually did um, the uh, the movie Seven too. Yeah, yeah. he's done a lot of dope. stuff. Yeah, um, you know, he's What's he's well box? respected in the industry for his quality of work. So. Very cool, and Nine Inch Nails music is on the way, so that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, very cool. So, Ozzy saying working on new album has kept him alive. Uh, on his latest album, the metal icon said in a new interview, recovering from a nasty fall last year, onset of Parkinson's, multiple staph infections, pneumonia, the flu, burst a blood vessel in his eye. Mm. Ozzy is currently 15 tracks into his 13th solo album, and he told Metal Hammer, quote, I've done 15 tracks. It's, it's kept me alive, you know. Oh, I got to do this in Ozzy's voice. Hold on. <coughs> Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy, you got to come in here, and uh, they're talking about you on the thing here. Come in. Oh, oh hey, yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? Ozzy just showed up out of nowhere. I've done 15 tracks, you know. It's kept me alive, you know, these past two years. Oh, shit, where'd I go here? Oh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, here we go. These past two years, I've been in terrible fucking state between the accident and then the pandemic. It's kept me sane. I've needed the music. Oh, wow. So yeah. there you go. Nice, nicely done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He started to sound kind of like a pirate there at the end, so <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, you know, it's the multiple right. staff Yeah, infections. he's not really, you know, <laughs> you know not um, really himself these days. It, it's all, you, as all the stuff that you mentioned that Ozzy went, um, uh, all the stuff that he's gone through just yeah. this past year. You're like, Dude, okay, that crazy. That ain't that shit, is though, compared super, to the shit that he's gone I, I know, through. right? Exactly. Being the rock star that he is. <laughs> that's some bullshit. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's he just bit the metal. Uh, head off a bat. Know, yeah. Right? That's like, pretty metal. Maybe that's what's keeping him alive is that bat blood in him. <laughs> yeah. That's why he ain't had corona. Yeah. Yeah. He had the bat blood He had already. that antivirus shit. He was patient zero. All along, oh, Ozzy yeah. had the fucking cure. Yeah. Like, you know, you <laughs> me, fucker devil. You know, go get me. Wow, Ozzy came back just for that quote. He too. did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See ya, Ozzy. Pretty, pretty neat. Cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Ozzy. Wow, that was a little crass there. I know. Ozzy, wow. It's normal though. He that's just, what he, 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 he he just turned bank. into a bat and flew out of here. Yeah, that's the crazy part. You <laughs> guys says, didn't see that part. Yeah, that's how he changes. Yeah, he, he says, just flies Fool. around. Yeah, then, he turns poof. into a bat. and He's out of here. That's the uh, the keyword. All right. Speaking of bats and weird people, Pop Evil uh, members working out. Apparently, they've been working regular jobs to support their families. I thought this was interesting, though. Mm. Not one of my favorite bands, I'll just be honest. But these guys, like, they were just apparently working, like, regular regular jobs during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were saying, quote, <clears throat> this is the lead singer, uh, Lay... How do you Lay? say that? How do you say uh, that name? Lay... Lay... Kakate? Uh, Kakati. 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 Lay Kakati. Lay Kakati. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, how do you say that name there? Lake Kakati? Okay. So he was a guest on this other podcast where he said, quote, Our touring monthly keeps the lights on, so the fact that we weren't going to tour was devastating. And for our band, our other bandmates had to get jobs. There was no mm. writing and creativity. They had to make money to live, so we weren't able to write. He went on, 
quote, these guys were taking care of their families, making mm-hmm. any kind of extra money. And what I think it did in the long one, uh, in the long run, was it really kind of instilled a confidence. I don't think that anyone's afraid to come home now if we have months off the road. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that they can go to mom and pop store and work for a few weeks and then go back on the bus. I think before that, it was terrifying. It was like, if we don't play a show, we're screwed. What are we going to do? So I'm hoping that it's built a lot of confidence with our band members to be like, okay, look, if we don't play for a few months, that's fine. We can take care of ourselves now. We're here, and we don't need to oversaturate the markets with pop evil, end quote. So yeah. that last part was interesting that he said, we don't want to oversaturate the markets Correct. with pop evil. A lot of bands, maybe before the pandemic, were like, we need to tour, we need to tour, whatever we need oh, to yeah. do, right? Oversaturated the market. And people are like, fuck these guys. It seems like they're touring everywhere, right? Yep. Now they feel like maybe they don't need to do that, that they can get money elsewhere and not have to just oversaturate the market. So I thought at least that was kind of a cool... That's yep. good because you get better quality of music. Now they feel like they could take their time. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And they don't feel like they need to yeah, cram not, in yeah, yeah. five or ten extra shows in the tour just to get the money from it and put on a piss-poor quality show, yeah. right? Yep, yep. absolutely. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's all. I think what people are realizing, too, now it's all about quality instead of quantity. Yep. And you want to invest in good experiences yep. instead of a bunch of bullshit ones, right? Unless yeah, you're Dave yeah. Grohl, and then it's always quantity. <laughs> no matter well, what. Well, Dave Grohl has that perfect balance of quality and quantity. That's I true. Think, that he's... A lot of the stuff that he does put out, you can't really argue that it isn't good quality. Oh, You're like, yeah. fuck, it's man. Amazing. Like, but it's amazing. Yeah. he does kind of oversaturate shit already. Oh, yeah. He seems like the Gene Simmons of, oh, of, yeah. of, like, you know, of our generation in a lot of ways. Not, not, not totally a prick and a womanizer by any means, the way Gene, Gene <laughs> Simmons is. <laughs> but I'm saying like he seems very well aware of how to make money off of his band. And, oh, yeah. And uh, he's trying every avenue to do it. So Album every two weeks. Can't knock him for that, I guess, you know? Yeah, oh, Sergio's yeah, got yeah. the Nirvana classic yeah. Nirvana shirt on. Uh, all right, so more rock news this week. Greta Van Fleet responds. Speaking of Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons had his Rock is Dead comments. We were talking about this off the air. Uh, Gene Simmons said this quote. Uh, he said, quote, Rock is dead, and that's because new bands haven't taken the time to create glamour, excitement, mm. and epic stuff, end quote. So Greta Van Fleet frontman Josh Kiska told NME about this comment. He said, quote, maybe the world of rock gene remembers is dead. I don't know. I don't I think rock and roll is a very elastic genre. It's a very eclectic genre. It seems like every once in a while a generation reinterprets what that is. Yeah. Uh, He says, and I've heard throughout the years, I guess a lot of people blowing hot air about I think rock and roll become dormant. But you can't kill something that supersedes time. It's an attitude and a spirit and a celebration. I think people pass the torch and time moves on. Yep. I think there's probably right. a lot of yep. people that would yep. disagree with him. Elton John is one, I'm sure. I've heard it come out of his mouth, end quote. Oh, so, yep. I, I mean, hate, I hate that. What do you guys think when people say rock is dead? I hate that I shit. I think Gene Simmons is dead, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. That's all. That he's, yeah. Yeah. But I like how he said. That, that's what he's mad about. Maybe the world yeah. of rock Gene remembers is dead. Yep. Yes. And that, I, I, mean, I that, thought that was all, a good yeah. point. Yeah. It's like it's not about fucking flashy fire py- pyrotechnic shows yeah. from whisker, the 70s no, whisker anymore. Paint. Yeah. None of that whisker paint. Whisker paint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... No, seriously, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I I, rock yeah. is more like rock. You want to be like rock. You know what I mean? It's, now, like he said, it's the attitude uh, and a spirit and a celebration. Yeah. It's not a specific type of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? Big time. Because you could say ACDC's rock, but Rage Against the Machine is rock. And they're both drastically different types of music, oh, yeah. right? <clears throat> yeah. 
So I think honestly, it's it's all about in, you know, interpretation. It's subjective. Honestly, I think, I think that um, Kiss fans are getting tired of seeing Kiss tour every fucking year. <laughs> I know, right? Like seriously, like give me a break, and then you know, I mean, I want to come back, but his fans are dying because they just seen him six months ago. Why would I want to see you again? Exactly. Like, and- there was a, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of bands that do that, like how that Pop Evil dude was saying, oversaturating the market. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to cash in because they're dying, and they're trying to, like, get every last opportunity they can, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And Motley Crue kind of did the same thing. They did it with their Netflix thing. Oh, yeah. Final tour, and yep. then, yeah. oh, just kidding. Here's the real final tour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's they like, got, they, they got, We were suckers of that because we were yeah. there. Yeah. We, we were that, but I ain't going to, you know, it's like the old saying, fool me once. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. shame on on me, but fool me twice. Whatever, shame on you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna buy there. tickets for your <laughs> second farewell tour. You know, you pricks. Yeah, anyway. because when I seen Kiss the last time, I thought it was one of those farewell. Well, that's why I went to the show. They did have something like that too. Kiss had the same thing, and it was like in 2001. Yeah. I thought, I thought when we, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that it's like 20 it. years later, they're still doing this shit. Farewell again, and yeah. then you know, twenty years come, later, he's like, "Hey, yeah. that cat got nine lives, motherfucker." <laughs> Sorry. It, it's no, it's like the it's like the dude that you invite over to your your party, and like after everyone's gone home and you're ready to go to sleep, like he's like, "Well, I guess I'll go," and yeah. you're like, "Okay, cool, good night." Yeah, right it's on. Like, see you next hey, time. by the way, um, did you guys see this movie? It's like, oh fuck. Here he goes. He's gonna leave. Oh, uh, here he goes. No, and then, now he's bringing yeah. out another movie. Fifteen minutes later, he's just like, "Well, I guess it's time to go." And you're like, "Oh God, thanks." Okay, I'll see you later. Uh, hey, right. wait a bit. Did you see the part two? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> see the part two. Yeah. By the way, I'm Gene Simmons. I just pulled off a mask like Scooby Doo. Surprise! Surprise! I'm Gene Simmons. Puts his tongue out there. <laughs> no, this is very similar to what happened. We discussed this at one point. When somebody told uh, R- Rob Zombie that uh, that baby metal was killing rock, right, and it was or killing metal, and Something Rob Zombie like was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second! These girls are out there pumping their heart and soul." And th- have you heard the music? Yeah, it the is music's metal. fucking awesome. Yes. They're, they're yeah. badass. The stage show is Sick. super involved. Oh, cool. yeah, and the creativity's through the roof. At least they're one of the only original ones out there doing yeah. that kind of shit. Oh, right, yeah. big yep. time. Yep. So anyway, let's move on to some more rock news. We got a couple more stories here, guys. Uh, Kirk Hammett and David Gilmore tracks Ooh. included in this new Peter yes. Green audio. It's this deluxe book on Ooh. Fleetwood Mac co-founder, the late Peter Green. It's called Peter Green, the Albatross Man, and it's coming out in October. Pre-orders now this week. That's why we're talking about it. So the book is available in several editions, including market and collectible. They chart Green's musical journey through the years. Uh, with and so they say, quote, David Gilmore is included on a version of Need Your Love So Bad that features a newly discovered vocal from Green recorded in the wow. mid sixties. And then Man. David Gilmore is actually supplying the audio to this track that Dope. they found, right? Yep. In his mother's attic on a tape recorder. They Holy found it shit. in Peter Green's mom's attic on a tape recorder. Wow. So I mean how rare are some of these like versions of these tracks, right? That is dope. Kirk Hammett plays on the second new recording, which is a version of the nineteen seventy one classic Little Man David of the Gilmore. World. It also features Mick Fleetwood on the drums. Nice. So, yeah, so pretty neat. Apparently uh Hammett said, quote, every time I uh so Hammett's talking about he owns Peter Green's classic gold top Gibson Les Paul. Uh, and he Ooh. talks about this Ooh. guitar. He says, quote, every time I pick her up, she makes me a better player. I'm obsessed with her. I bring her everywhere with me where I sleep. She sleeps, basically. And I try to play her as much as possible because she wants to be played. 
So, I mean, he just talks very fondly about that guitar, you could tell. So, just, it's just saying that out loud makes me feel all butter, buttery inside. <laughs> I know, right? Classic that was a little erotic. Gibson Les Paul. I know. That's like, Holy. seriously, you might as well just drip chocolate over that shit and right. serve it to me on a platter. It's coming out April 30th, which was just a couple days ago, guys. So My birthday. Woo. Yeah, yes. that's right. It came out on Sergio's yes. birthday. So it's called Mick Fleetwood you know and Friends. Special. Celebrate the music of Peter Green. And not only is um, David Gilmore and Kirk Hammond in it, but check this out. Pete Townshend, Bill Wyman, Noel Gallagher, Je- uh, Jeremy Spencer, Zach Starkey, Billy Gibbons from wow. ZZ Top, John Mayall, uh, Steven Tyler, wow. a bunch of people on this album. That's so crazy. It just shows how um, Peter Green was influential to yeah. all these guys. He was, oh, a, yeah. he was a big Tons dude. Yeah, big dude for Fleetwood Mac back then. So check that out. Just came Surge. out. All right. So check this out. Serge Tankian thanks President Biden for recognizing the Armenian genocide. Oh, yeah. It okay. was the first time that a president had done this. And uh, System of a Down Serge Tankian made this quote on Instagram. He said, quote, this is extremely important, but only a milestone towards the long road of justice ahead with Turkey and its eminent need to do the same to make amends towards the descendants yep. of 1.5 million Armenians, Greeks, and Assyrians systematically slaughtered by the Ottoman Turkish ancestor. Oh, yeah. He continued, quote, today... I will say thank you to the U.S. and all those who have fought hard for this statement over the years. Uh, The Biden administration released a statement on April 24th, which is known as Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day, saying, quote, we we honor the victims of the Meds Yegem. I don't know if I'm messing that up. Sorry. So the honors uh, of what happened are never lost to history. And we remember so that we remain ever vigilant against the corrosive influence of hate in all its forms. End quote. So nice to have a president that says stuff like that. That's awesome, though, because um, I got some friends that have been here, you know what I mean, for a lot of years and and for them to be recognized. There's a lot of them here. Yeah, and, and, uh, and Turlock show that support and validity. Turlock, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Turlock, big, big, uh, big Armenian. There's a big um, community, so I mean, Turlock. good oh. friends, good friends, and good people that I know. Did you sure. know? Um, that's did good. you know? That's when, awesome for them. When President Biden actually said this, do you know that in the background while he was saying it, they were playing Holy Mountains? <laughs> it was, you know. Yeah, the system of a down yeah. classic. Yeah, and he yeah. was like liar. Yeah, Killer. he was headbanging a little bit. <laughs> All right, guys. Speaking of uh, that <laughs> headbanging stuff, Kiss, and now we were just talking about Kiss and all the shit that they're trying to cash in on oh, lately. Kiss. Oh, wow. Check this oh, out. They're announcing Goodbye. their first release in their ar- archival concert series. So they're doing this new thing for Kiss fans. I'm sure it's going to be cool. It's called the Kiss Official Live Bootleg Series. It's called Off the Soundboard, which for me as an audio engineer, it's cool when they do these kind of things, no matter what the band is. When they have a direct soundboard recording that they release of live shows, oh, yeah, that's the cream of the crop of a live recording because you're getting the full like 48 channel live soundboard recording quality. What the sound engineer is hearing, you know, mm-hmm. not what comes over on the PA and it starts echoing and sounds like shit in a stadium, but you're getting that full feed off of that soundboard into an audio file recording, cool. which is cool. It's it's from way back in 2001. At the Japan's Tokyo Dome. Mm. And I honestly think, like we were saying, that was when they first did their farewell tour in 2001. Yeah. Which is, like, totally ridiculous. Anyway, they're going to do, like, vinyl and all kinds of shit. If you're a KISS fan, check it out. And also, they'll be be performing next month at the Tribeca Film Festival because they're doing part one of their new A&E documentary, which is going to be an out (laughs) Uh, A&E. It's called Biography Kistory. It's a two-part documentary event. What were you saying about saturation earlier? I know, right? (laughs) 
I you thought know, I, I thought I gave him enough the last uh, conversation we had about yeah. it that I could just laugh it never about ends. It, like, it never ends with these guys. You know you can't. You, you'll, you'll never go be able to see this in, at the Tokyo Dome anymore because it's, <laughs> it's completely destroyed by Akira. <laughs> Akira, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's completely destroyed, and that's. <sighs> All right, well, the capsule. so and then the A and E biography <laughs> is coming out on June twenty seventh, but they're premiering it at the film festival. So, all right, there you go. Anyway, well, Jason Newstead. Let's move on to some other news, not about Kiss. Um, poor Jason Newstead, though, dude. He's saying that due to various injuries over the years, he couldn't even be able to play with Metallica today, even if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. In a new interview, um, he he was talking with the Florida Daily Post. He explained. The surgeries kind of set me back. I kept playing the music the best that I could, and I have I haven't ever been able to come all the way back. Hmm. I'm like ninety something percent full. I can't play the full Metallica stuff. I couldn't do the show anymore like that. Um, and uh-huh. it's just kind of a bummer, you know. Like I mean, he's been like his latest mainly acoustic band though is far more suited to where he's at musically and physically. He says, "Quote: oh, okay. The music I'm playing with this group it's called the Chop House Band." is what I'm able to play. And sometimes it gets vicious, sometimes it gets nice and ugly and all that stuff, but I know I can play this forever. This music and the Johnny Cash stuff, I can play sitting right here or laying right there, dancing around over there. I can still play it. Dope. But I know for a fact right. I cannot play the way I, I used to in Voivod or Metallica, any of those bands. I don't have the physicality to do that anymore. Yeah. I only do six shows a year, and I do them right. So That's I like nice that. Though. Yeah. Like we were saying about yeah. quality over quantity, yeah, yeah, right? Big time. Yep. yep. Big time. And, and he's enjoying himself. And at least he's not trying like so many of these other artists do to try and be badass like they're the young version Even of them. Even then Metallica. Yeah. And he ain't fucking he ain't lying about it. He's I'm saying, "Hey, like, I just okay. can't do that shit." Metallica, we all know they're legends and stuff, but Okay, this is the last yeah. rock story of the week. Check this out, guys. Hospital error means mother's child is legally named Corn oh, instead of Cora. Yeah. So this lady, Kesley, Kelsey Tate from Seattle, says she intended to name her new baby Cora, K-O-R-A, right? Yes. And an error made by the hospital, and I had a picture of the birth certificate, wow. but I forgot to put it on oh, here. Oh, man. But the child's first legal name is Corn, K-O-R-N. Awesome. awesome. Isn't that great? Oh, that is the best. Awesome. Corn better step up and give her a lifetime pass yeah. to all the shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you better. Better. All right, cool. so uh, not very many rock uh, birthdays this week. Ace Freely, though, uh, very significant, and probably the only badass member of Kiss that isn't in Kiss. Yeah. He was the one that was, like, pretty much what made them cool. Yeah. You know, he was like the Joe Walsh to their Eagles, so to speak. Um, he turned 70 this week, so. All right. All right, so. Yep, Sergio turned 36 this week. That's the right. The best rock star in this motherfucking house. 36. That's my right. God. Go ahead and put birthday that on the shout birthday out shout Sergio. out. To yeah. Him. Sergio's lying, though. You know, He's it, not a famous musician, but he is a pretty yeah. badass bass player, uh, you know, as well as guitar player every now and then. Well, you know, Sergio's I'm actually not 36. He just turned 96. <laughs> 96. He's a very right. young voice. Sure. But uh, 96 is, he looks good for 96. But I'm going to live forever in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We got some trivia on this week in music history trivia in 1976. Mm. Check it out. This musician is detained for several hours by customs officials at the border between Poland and then the USSR for carrying Nazi memorabilia. What oh, musician easy. What musician was this? Was it A, David Bowie, oh, B, man. Phil Collins, 
or C, a Coke-fueled David Crosby? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who do you guys think it was? Uh, this I'll one's too This is too easy, yes, Chris. Yes. Okay, so. You know the story you got it. Yeah, yeah, I actually do. I actually do. You know why? Because I was there. I was there when it happened. I just happened to be doing an internship. You were there in 1976. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, in between Poland and then USSR. Wow. All right, so set the scene for us. What I was happened? supplying them both. Yeah, it was a – It was. <laughs> Sergio was there. Remember when I said he's 96? Okay, all right. So we, yeah, we, were, we, <laughs> were, just, we were hanging out, and it was like in this – it was this airport, and there was like a lot of kind of James Bond, the original kind of – Okay. You know, the Goldfinger mm-hmm. style stuff mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in the background. It was very secretive. Mm-hmm. Like, I was having a good time just eating my Butterfinger. And then Sergio was just chilling in the back with, like, two full case, full suitcases just jam-packed full of the, the most prime Colombian gold. Wow. That wow. you can, you know, po- possibly even think. I mean, this stuff was so white. It would, like, blind you, like, opening up the suitcase and Pulp Fiction. smell it. And just, like, gold just right. And we were just hanging out there just doing our thing, ready to, like, supply, um, I think, uh, I think Sergio was going to supply the coke, and then um, and I was going to supply a fake Nazi memorabilia because uh, I was also uh, part to of trade a, it. Yeah, well, I was also part of a group that was searching for Nazi for, people so I could like oh. take them down and imprison. You know, I was, oh, I was a Nazi like hunter. Oh, kind of like the the bastards. Uh, yeah, it was well, undercover. Was hunter, it was yeah. undercover. Of Nazi. Ah, okay. Anyway, what happened was we were just chilling out, having a good time. I was eating my Butterfinger. Sergio was eating a burrito because you could get burritos between Poland and the USSR. <laughs> That's back very then rare in, in, in 1976 to have a burrito in Poland. And, uh, yeah, and then up, up walks. It's crazy. Up walks just this huge, just barrage, like this huge barrage of um of of uh of the, of the polish and um ussr I you were say barack agents. obama and uh, uh you know and and here's what happened like as they're walking towards us we think they're coming from from us uh-huh. and then i turn around it's like in slow motion and there is and it's like siberia weather well there's like a, a half naked just pump full of cocaine david crosby walks walks no out kidding full erection very strange. Yeah, what? multiple bracelets, all of them pink. It was very strange, but it was just Ooh. awesome. He came walking up, and wow. I swear to God, there was And that's music. when my boxing moves came into play because I started bobbing and weaving. Cause yeah. I seen, he was jabbing. And he was jabbing was with that erection. <laughs> he was jabbing with that erection. It was just massive, right? Wow. He comes kind of walking in. There's music in the background. I have no idea how there's music going on in the background. Anyway, what, what happened was... They make a beeline straight towards him, and he opens up his jacket. By the way, he's only wearing a jacket, nothing, nothing on the bottom. Sure. And he opens up his jacket. The guy's just got all kinds of tons of Nazi memorabilia. What and the And mine were fake, but his, oh, my God, it was. It looked real. It was It was so real I could hear people, you know, screaming in German, basically, as soon as wow. he opened up his. Um, Who knew? Yeah, so, so is anyway. So that your answer? Is Dave Cofield David Crosby? No, it's David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> it actually is. It is yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> So that was kind of one Bowie. of those things I remember when a, this thing came up. I was like, yeah. Oh, it really is David Bowie. That, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And oh, it was cool. one of those yeah. things that I remember learning about yeah. David Bowie back in the day. I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, why would you want that as, and I don't, I can't remember his yeah. excuse for it at the I'm time. But going to the youth to <laughs> All right. We got more trivia, guys. We got more trivia. Check it out. On this day in, or this week. In 2003, Oof. this band plays an hour-long set for the inmates of San Quentin State Prison Ooh. in California. Ooh, I know oh. who this is. In 2003, who was it? Was it A, U2, B, Alice in Chains, or C, Ooh. Metallica? I know who it is, but we got we to gotta talk this one out, Serge. So 2003, this band plays an hour-long set. You know set what? It's a funny story. Up. 
of San Quentin yeah. State yeah. Prison. There's a funny story about this one, too. Uh, you know who was an inmate there at this time? Oh, who? A Coke Field, David Crosby. Oh, yeah. He was actually in the crowd. Yes. This was 2003. Wow, it was a dark that's time. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it was a dark time in David Crosby's life. He yeah. was apparently at San Quentin because he like did this full-on, like, stabbed a man to death, like, stole this huge kilos yeah. of cocaine, right? Yeah. Had this huge deal. In San Quentin, he said, somebody somebody told him, he said, David, there's a band coming. They're going to be doing an album here. Yeah. He said, yeah, fucking yeah, right. Yeah, I'm going be ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and David Crosby organized the biggest prison riot in San Quentin history uh, based on... Like what he did, basically he got pr- he made Pruno on a large scale. Oh right? yeah, yeah. He made it like the Crosby in, Pruno. Yeah, the, the Crosby Pruno riot is legend. also it what is, is legend. known. Mm-hmm. You know, tasty. Made a huge amount of uh, Pruno, I think, like in some kind of vat in the in the. And when you're a rock star like everywhere. that, you can. Oh yeah, oh big time. And then Very when cool. this oh, yeah. band showed up, everybody was completely trashed on Pruno. Yeah, and led to one of the shittiest recordings of a band ever. Of a band. Um, you know, uh, fun fact <laughs> That's about what you said. Absolutely not true at all, but <laughs> no, no, it could I, be. What, what, what? We, who, David you don't know. Crosby, who, are, who are you to tell me it's not true? Did you know that David Crosby actually, when he did stab that man to death, <laughs> that his sentence was reduced because of the crazy, the wonkiness of it? He stabbed a man to death with a carrot, oh, I, and it was right? the craziest. Who but he was that? able to do it. But his coat sounds like something out of Monty Python. <laughs> Just the powers of that mustache. Yeah. And the and ranch was missing. So what's your guys' guess? Who do you think it was? In California. I think I know what Charles guesses. <laughs> no, my guess is yeah, A, U2, B, Allison Chains, or C, Metallica. It's either C or A, because I know U2 did some a similar type of thing. If not, it wasn't that. It was Metallica. U2 did Metallica. something, too? Yeah, U2 did some. They've always been that type of band, yeah. too, where they'll do stuff like that, you know, to, like, help. Yeah. And they, they apparently Metallica donated ten thousand uh, dollars to the to the to prison. David Crosby. Uh, okay, <laughs> David <yeah>. Crosby, <laughs> so he wouldn't fucking stab him to death. <laughs> donated quotes. You guys because can't David see the Crosby quotes. was the shot caller to San Quentin at that time, <laughs> and they had to pay David Crosby just to be able to play the show. That's what I heard. Audience can't see my air quotes, but you could feel it. Donation, ten thousand dollar. All right, donation. check this out. This is. Oh, a, we got one more. This is a bonus one. It's not a rock and roll one, but it popped up, and I thought this was a kind of a significant, kind of cool one. Uh, on this week in 1952, it was the first ever commercial television, uh, or excuse me, a television commercial for a toy. Oh. The very first time it nice. ever happened. Nice. Apparently, they would always have advertisements for cigarettes, alcohol. All kinds of crazy shit back then, mm-hmm. right? But this was the first actual TV advertisement for a toy. Oh, okay. Was it A, mm. a Slinky, B, Play-Doh, mm. or C, Mr. Potato Head? Hmm. What do you think? For this toy is the first toy commercial that ever aired on TV. What toy was it? A, Slinky, B, Play-Doh, C, Mr. <laughs> Potato Head, or D, Log? Log. Log. You know, right? It, it rolls downstairs. It's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Goes over in pairs. Goes over your neighbor's dog. Goes great for a snack. Fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It's log, yeah, log, log. It's big. It's, it's heavy. It's wood. It's log, log. It's, it's better, better than, than bad. It's good. 
Everyone wants a log. <laughs> Come on, I get, get you log. log. Yep. You're going to love a log. Now, that's a great Everybody wants that a log. That is a great commercial. That's 1952, man. That was Ren and Stimpy. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm. so this is, okay, so this is about six, um, no, it's about, uh, yeah, about, no, maybe, yeah, about six years after everything in, 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 the, in Europe kind of died down. They had a lot of, a uh, little bit of metal left over. They probably... <laughs> They probably used reserves and melted down bullets and made reserves slinkies. melted down metal. <laughs> melted down slinkies. metal. Made slinkies. <laughs> out of all the slinkies. fillings. <laughs> out of the fillings of the teeth that they... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Chris, that went dark, man. <laughs> <laughs> that went dark, man. That's what the first original <laughs> slinkies are made out of. Coke-fueled David Crosby. He's in there somehow. <laughs> That's how he came up with the business plan there. I'm going with A, Slinky. Slinky? That's what All I'm right. doing. What do you, what do you say? Slinky. Everybody, what do you yeah. think was the first television commercial for a toy ever, Serge? Yeah. I'm going to go Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. Play-Doh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see which one it was. It was actually Mr. Potato Head. Oh, it was just wow. a fucking potato. Just Mr. Potato just Head. Just jam sticks into it. TV. Uh, in 1952, first ever commercial uh, for a toy wow. uh, made history. I bet you anything, Mr. Potato Head has something to do with World War II. Probably, because, you know, probably because so many kids had like, you know, after the like during the Depression and Dust Bowl era and everything, people potatoes. were yeah, and then kids had no toys because they couldn't afford it, so they were just jamming sticks or and like shit. Uh, in maybe a, it was just a way of like <laughs> a, a big fu to the Irish because of the potato famine. Oh yeah, brought Mr. Potato Head into the homes of the Irish. Oh and they yeah, fucking hate potatoes. And you know, just like hey, you know, forcing the kids to play with potatoes. Yeah, our Irish, <laughs> we have Irish audience members. You guys rise up. Right? They hate Mr. Potato Rise Head. Up. Passion, I'm sure. Yeah, guess, listen, go fuck that Mr. Potato Head, okay? <laughs> Potatoes ruin my fucking life. Potatoes, right? that's yes. <laughs> fucking, fucking Mr. Potato Head. Hey, speaking of Irish, isn't he like Irish or something? He's Scottish. Scottish. Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's training hard for Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's going to be reviving his role. Even though the Star Wars movies he starred in were not well well received, mm, if you yeah, guys well, remember the ones in the nineties. Well, that's mm-hmm. why he's training hard. <laughs> right? He's training hard, exactly. <laughs> he says he's doing quote around. monster two and a half hour sessions of sword fights and hand to hand stuff to get ready for the Disney Plus Obi Wan Kenobi series. Nice, I'm oh. I'm actually excited for that. That Disney Plus has been ki- killing it with those. Yeah, like, like Mandalorian was. Awesome, man. Awesome show. Yeah, he says he's, uh, he says, quote, maybe so. I'm really excited about it. Maybe more so than the first ones because I'm older. I just turned 50 and I'm just in a much better place. Mm. So maybe back then he wasn't really in a good, you know, maybe he was drinking a lot or something, doing whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And now he sounds like he's uh, doing well. He says that it's very possible you may see him acting across from a young Luke Skywalker. Oh, cool. In the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Oh, nice. Very cool. Uh, Dave Grohl's uh, What Drives This Documentary just premiered on April 30th. Coda Collection on Amazon uh, Amazon Prime. Dope. So if you guys want to check that out, it's got a bunch of special guests. Ringo Starr, Flea, uh, Slash, Duff McKagan, The Edge, Lars Ulrich, and more. Nice. They're all in it. Nice. All, all about driving around in vans. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's called that. What Drives This. There you go. Check this out. Uh, some news in Canada, eh? Some beavers chewed through the Canada uh, through the cable, eh? It's a boot the beavers. It Chris. shut down the power and the cable for nine hundred oh, people, eh? Hosers, hosers. Oh uh, in uh, where is it? In uh, British Columbia, nine hundred people 
lost their internet service Saturday morning. Uh, TELUS says the repair crews discovered beavers had chewed through an important fiber cable at multiple points. Also, what caught the attention and made national headlines, repair crews captured photos showing pieces of their equipment being used by the beavers to build their dams. Oh, so wow. They, like, wow. chewed like up a slap in the face. fucking shit, and they were, like, building their dams that's, with it. That's a slap in the yeah, face. Yeah, we lost the, the hockey game, eh? They're yeah. trying to get better service. Cable, eh? <laughs> yeah, I guess all we got to do is drink some beer, eh? <laughs> and... All right, this is the last story of the week, guys, and it's kind of a weird one. Man builds poop wall in Michigan after dispute with neighbor. Oh, wow. yeah. Reads the headline. That's the new Rob Zombie title of the new album. <laughs> Man builds poop wall in Michigan after dispute with neighbors. Some people would just put up a regular fence, but not this guy. A 250-foot wall of poop divides two properties in Lodi Township, Michigan. Okay. Township? Township. <laughs> <laughs> that Wayne, is appropriate. This guy's name is Wayne Lambarth. Oh, I thought you were going to say David Crosby. <laughs> Wayne Lambarth says his neighbor Wayne built the Lambarth. wall. <laughs> built the wall after a dispute about the property line in 2020. Lambarth says, quote, Normally, they spread it on the field, but they decided to make a fence out of it. Oh, yeah. Wow, he just came in to give us that quote. Thanks. Oh, I love it. Thanks, Wayne Lambarth. I love it. He also has that ten- he has- see you later, bro. <laughs> he has tenants living in his house, and they must deal with smelling cow poop every day. Local officials say nothing can be done about the poop as it is on the neighbor's property. Can I can I can I read uh, this story yes, again please, in, in, please. A, in a in a, well, in a Wayne Lambarth must have been on ninety nine? Let me uh, scroll scroll back up really quick. I'm oh gonna, yeah, you want to read the us, quote again? Yeah, yes. so I'm thinking this this would this would actually work a bit more if it was actually like on some Ozarkian news oh, yes, station, please. right? So here we go. So man builds poop wall in Michigan <laughs> after dispute with neighbor. Some people <laughs> would just pop up a regular fence, a twenty foot. Hundred foot wall of poop divides two properties in Lodi Township. Wayne Lambarth says his neighbor built the wall after a dispute with the property line in 2000 some odd 20. Lambarth says normally they spread it out in the field, but they decide to make a fence out of it. He adds that there's tenants living in the house must deal with the smelling cow poop every day. Local officials say nothing can be done about the poop. That's fucking bullshit. As long as it's on the neighbor's property. Isn't that's that right, Jed? That's fucking bullshit. That's, that's right. That's fucking bullshit. It's actual literal bullshit. L- literal bullshit. Yeah. I love bringing, bringing that story in from, uh, bringing that story in from wow. straight out of Kentucky. I love that. Who know? Who knew? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Who know? Who knew? Who know? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew, Chris? Who knew, Serge? <laughs> Who knew? How now? Brown cow? <laughs> Who knew? Oh, uh, yes. All right. Well, that's a good note to end it on. <laughs> Rock News Weekly, of course, at rocknewsweekly.com. At Rock News Weekly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check out our photos, all that good stuff. Give us a rating if you enjoyed our podcast in the Apple and Google stores. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Peace.